2: Breaking news tonight, historic choice. Joe Biden picks Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate. Tonight, why supporters say selecting a woman of color and a former rival matters. And how Harris could change the race for the White House. Plus, President Trump sounds off tonight on the new Democratic ticket. Postponing college sports. Also breaking tonight, two of the biggest college conferences say they'll delay all fall sports. Is this the end of the college football season? What it means for students, fans, and the businesses built around the games. In the air. Stunning new research shows droplets of coronavirus can stay indoors much longer than thought. Why scientists now say staying six feet apart may not be enough. Putin's vaccine play. The Russian leader says his country has developed a vaccine for COVID-19 and is ready to use it. Is it a scientific breakthrough or just a geopolitical ploy? Secret Service shootout. New details on the suspect that forced the president from the briefing room and put the White House on high alert. Blast zone. The enormous explosion in Baltimore captured by a doorbell camera. As the death toll rises, what we're learning about a possible cause. Held at gunpoint, three teens say police treated them like criminals after they were threatened by a man with a knife. The growing outrage tonight. And don't give up the ship. The U.S. sailors who lived that motto when flames threatened their vessel.
1: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening and thank you for joining us. Nora is off tonight. I'm Margaret Brennan. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news. Joe Biden has selected Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate, an historic pick. The California senator becomes the first black woman and first Indian American ever on a major party ticket. She's also a former rival who famously clashed with Biden over racial issues in the first Democratic debate. Biden's selection process was cloaked in secrecy, and his choice didn't leak out until supporters received a text from the campaign. All of that, sources say, was made easier by the forced social distancing caused by coronavirus. Tonight, there's also breaking news in the world of college sports. And yet another reminder of how the pandemic dominates American life. The Big Ten and Pac-12, two of the nation's biggest college sports conferences, say they're punting, postponing all fall sports until next year. It's a decision that could have a ripple effect nationwide, costing schools and businesses billions. And there's a troubling new study out tonight showing just how long COVID may linger in the air indoors and suggesting staying six feet apart may not be enough. That comes just as more students are returning to classrooms around the country. There's a lot of reporting to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Ed O'Keefe leads our coverage tonight from outside Senator Harris's home here in Washington. Ed?
3: Margaret, good evening. Today's announcement in Harris's selection is unquestionably historic. The 55-year-old senator is the daughter of immigrants, a Jamaican father and an Indian mother. And if elected, she would be the first woman to hold the job. The announcement came today from Joe Biden via text message and social media. In a tweet, Biden explained he chose Senator Kamala Harris in part because as California attorney general, she'd worked with his late son, Beau, the former Delaware attorney general. I was proud then, Biden said, and I'm proud now to have her as my partner in this campaign. She's a former San Francisco district attorney and California attorney general. Harris fought to legalize same-sex marriage and defended the Affordable Care Act in court. She's only the second Black woman elected to the US Senate, and since 2017, she's perhaps best known for clashing on the Judiciary Committee with two of President Trump's attorneys general.
0: How can you not remember?
3: And Supreme Court nominees.
0: To announce my candidacy for President
3: of the United States. Her own presidential bid began with tens of thousands of supporters in Oakland, California but ended before the Iowa caucus. In the first Democratic debate, she called out Biden for opposing federally mandated busing to desegregate schools and for once working with segregationist senators.
0: You also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me.
3: She later explained in an interview why she called him out.
0: Praising and coddling individuals who made it their life works and built their reputation off of segregation of the races in the United States. That's a problem. I would not be a member of the United States Senate if those men that he praised had their way.
3: Biden and Harris are set to make their first joint appearance tomorrow in Biden's hometown of Wilmington, Delaware. The announcement caps a unique vice presidential search process that focused only on women and was a closely guarded secret. Many of Biden's senior campaign aides didn't find out who he had chosen until this afternoon, along with the rest of us. Margaret.
2: And we are 83 days until the election. Thank you, Ed. Reaction was quick at the White House, where President Trump used his daily coronavirus briefing to bash Biden's choice. CBS's Weijia Jang is there.
4: President Trump wasted no time pouncing on Joe Biden's pick for a running mate.
5: She's very big into raising taxes. She wants to slash funds for our military at a level that nobody can even believe.
0: Judge, have you ever discussed
4: special counsel Mueller? He also went after Harris for her role in the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearings.
5: She was extraordinarily nasty to uh, Kavanaugh. Judge Kavanaugh then, now Justice Kavanaugh, she was nasty to a level that was just uh, a horrible thing the way she was, the way she treated, now Justice Kavanaugh, and I won't forget that soon.
4: And within minutes of the announcement, the president tweeted out this campaign video attacking Biden and Harris.
1: Slow Joe and phony Kamala.
4: During the president's news conference on Monday, a Secret Service agent interrupted to tell him shots were just fired outside the White House. A camera on the White House driveway captured the sound, and dramatic new video of the shooting scene shows police rushing there, some with weapons displayed. Police say the man who was shot, 51-year-old Myron Berryman, was threatening officers and warning that he was carrying a gun, but no firearm was found at the scene. Today, President Trump left his press briefing without answering questions about why he donated $6,000 to Harris's re-election campaigns in 2011 and 2013 for California Attorney General. In 2001, he also gave $1,000 to support Biden's Senate race. Margaret?
2: A lot has changed. We Zhejiang at the White House. Now to the other breaking news tonight, school districts coast to coast are struggling with how to reopen. And today, two powerhouse college football conferences said they won't play this fall. Others could soon follow. Cases in the U.S. now top five million. The virus has killed more than 164,000. Here's CBS's Janet Shamlion.
6: A punt on college football. Late today, two major conferences, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, pulling the plug on the fall season.
7: Uh, there is too much uncertainty now for us to feel comfortable.
6: The decision coming from the university presidents, who say they put health concerns over the tens of millions of dollars the games bring in for each school. Dr. Leon McDougal is on the NCAA Coronavirus Advisory Panel.
8: Most of the discussion focused on the athlete part of the equation and not necessarily the student equation.
6: The question now whether other dominoes will start falling, like the SEC, a football powerhouse with schools in some of the hardest hit states, including Florida, which today marked its highest single day death toll with 276 new fatalities. And in Texas, the positivity rate has jumped to more than 20 percent, up from 12 percent two weeks ago even as testing is falling sharply. Restaurants in the state still open for indoor dining at 50% capacity.
7: I personally would not go to an indoor dining place um, with me and my family, and I just don't think that they should be open right now, not while the case numbers are as high as they are.
6: The records come as schools are reopening, many in person. In the Houston area Sci-Fair District, protests over plans requiring teachers be in the classroom.
5: I'm having to put myself and my family at risk for a job that I could do online and I could do well online.
6: In Georgia, more than 800 students and staff are now in quarantine just a week after school opened due to possible COVID exposure in a district that doesn't require masks. And desperation among all age groups as those $600 a week unemployment benefits end. A line for miles for free food. This is today's turnout at the North Texas Food Bank in Dallas, where Richard Archer was picking up staples for his daughter and grandchildren.
5: If it wasn't for the church and the the food giveaways, I mean, the kids would actually be going hungry.
6: Back to the decision by those two big conferences not to play football. It affects all fall sports at those schools, and it could have a ripple impact across the country. For example, here at Rice University, they've already moved football back to the end of September, but they could end up canceling altogether. Margaret?
2: Janet Shamlin in Houston. There's an alarming study tonight on how the coronavirus spreads indoors. Researchers found that social distancing by six feet may not be enough, especially in schools and restaurants and other buildings with limited ventilation. Here's CBS News chief medical correspondent, Dr. John LaPook.
7: As students head back to school, parents and teachers are increasingly concerned about how coronavirus could spread, especially in buildings with inadequate ventilation. John Lednitsky studies viruses at the University of Florida.
5: There was a lot of controversy about sars coronavirus 2 being transmitted or not being transmitted through airborne routes.
7: Analyzing air samples in a hospital room, Lednitsky's team found infectious virus can spread through the air up to 16 feet away from an infected patient through tiny droplets called aerosols.
2: This is the smoking gun that everybody's been asking for.
7: Lindsay Marr studies how viruses travel through the air.
2: We're talking about virus that is present in very small droplets, tiny ones that we call aerosols, that can travel much farther through the air and remain in the air for minutes to hours at a time.
7: That's important because until recently, attention has mainly focused on respiratory spread of virus within six feet. Aerosols can be produced just by talking. This classroom simulation shows how spread of virus is significantly cut down simply by placing ventilation near a teacher.
2: Once we acknowledge that virus is transmitting through aerosols, we can then take steps to address that and to reduce that risk.
7: Dr. John LaPook, CBS News, South Shaftesbury, Vermont.
2: Most health experts in the U.S. and Europe say a viable COVID vaccine is months away. Not so in Russia, which announced today that it approved a vaccine called Sputnik V. But CBS's Charlie Daggett reports it is not clear whether it is safe or effective.
9: It may be more of a political coup than a medical cure. But in the global race to find a vaccine, Russia just declared itself the winner. One of my daughters was inoculated herself, President Vladimir Putin proudly announced. But the approval comes after less than two months of testing. And those initial trials only included a few dozen people. They skipped phase three, where frontrunners like Moderna and Oxford University are currently testing tens of thousands of people from around the globe.
3: Is it too soon? Nobody knows till we get the data, but certainly starting mass inoculations before we know that it works and we have safety data in large numbers of people probably isn't the smartest move scientifically.
9: Kirill Dmitriev runs the Sovereign Wealth Fund bankrolling the project why make the announcement now? We want to vaccinate our people
7: early enough. It will be voluntarily. Uh, Obviously, it's important for safety and for economic activity. We have, I think, some negative attacks by different countries.
9: who want to undermine our vaccines. The U.S. State Department sees it the other way. Today's announcement meant to undermine American efforts to produce a vaccine that's actually proven to work. Now, today, the World Health Organization alerted once again about the risks of rolling out vaccines before they've been properly tested. President Putin says this vaccine is about ready for mass production, with doctors and teachers receiving them first. Margaret?
2: Charlie Daggett in London. Thank you. Now to Santa Clarita, California, where disturbing video has surfaced of sheriff's deputies' holding three black teenagers at gunpoint after the teenagers were threatened by a homeless man with a knife. CBS's Jamie Yukis now on A Community Demanding Answers. You
8: can hear voices screaming at police that three teens did nothing wrong. This is crazy. In the 11-minute video Tammy Collins posted, you can see sheriff's deputies at a bus stop with their guns drawn and pointed at the three teens, including Collins' son. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. The officers instruct each teen to walk backward, then handcuff and put them into squad cars.
3: He didn't say it worked, He followed everything that they asked him. I prayed that it would never happen, um, but I feared that it would one day.
8: Witnesses called police saying teens with skateboards were being harassed by a homeless man. The teens say the man pulled a knife on them. Just last week, the police chief in Aurora, Colorado, apologized after officers handcuffed a black family, including two children lying on the ground in a mistaken stolen car stop. Is there now a fear within the African-American community to even call the police? Oh, absolutely. Cornell Brooks is the former head of the NAACP. Why would you call the police except under the most uh, urgent
9: uh, circumstances? The police, as we see here, represent danger not safety represent harm not security
8: the la county sheriff's department is investigating the incident jamie yukas cbs news
2: los angeles today a second body that of a 20 year old man was found in the rubble of monday's enormous explosion in baltimore dramatic home security video captured the moment of that blast that demolished three row houses and damaged several others Today, the local gas company said they found no leaks in the home's gas lines. Across the upper Midwest, hundreds of thousands of homes and businesses are without power tonight after a powerful storm known as the Derecho blew across Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, and Indiana. At least two people were killed as wind gusts topped 100 miles per hour. 10 million acres of cornfields may have been damaged in Iowa. Raymond Allen, an actor, best known for his roles on classic 70s sitcoms, died Monday of non-COVID illness. He played Uncle Woody on Sanford and Son, opposite the show's star, Red Fox. He also had recurring roles on Good Times and Starsky and Hutch. Raymond Allen was 91 years old. We end with a story of heroism. A group of U.S. Navy sailors fought a ferocious battle last month with an unexpected enemy when a catastrophic fire raced through their ship while it was docked in San Diego. Here's CBS's David Martin.
5: The fire aboard the Bonhomme Richard was a spectacular catastrophe. But to the ship's crew, it was personal.
9: I had to step away. I got emotional. I did cry.
5: Lieutenant Junior Grade Bernardo Tinoco is a supply officer aboard the Bonhomme Richard.
9: This isn't just a ship. This is a home.
5: The first efforts to control the fire were directed by second-class petty officer Jeffrey Garvin until he was ordered off the ship.
1: Had to be hospitalized for smoke inhalation.
5: How long did you stay in the hospital? I
1: came back about a couple hours later to see if uh, the rest of my shipmates
5: needed help. By Sunday night, the fire was out of control. Petty officer Haley Craig's team tried to fight their way on board.
8: There was so much scaffolding and debris and everything, fall down on a ramp that we couldn't make it up in there that first night.
5: What was it like when you finally got on board?
8: Unbelievable. It's a completely unrecognizable.
5: Ask each of these sailors at what point they had the fire under control and they all tell you the same thing.
9: The second that we Bonham shard sailors decided this is our ship and we're not giving it up. That's when I knew, I knew that ship was staying afloat and we weren't going to lose it.
5: The Navy now has to decide whether the ship is worth repairing. For the crew, there's only
8: one right answer. Our ship's motto is, I have not yet begun to fight. We want to be the ones that never give up the ship.
5: David Martin, CBS News, Washington.
2: On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, how technology saved the day for a group of musicians when COVID put their concert in doubt. And if you can't watch live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Margaret Brennan. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night.
1: How powerful is Cox Internet?